This episode is sponsored by ShopPortuguese.com, home to unique Portuguese-inspired gifts like funny t-shirts, jewelry, books, food, and so much more. Visit ShopPortuguese.com and use code RPortuguesetable, all one word, for an additional 10% off your total purchase. And as always, shipping is free. Welcome to our Portuguese Table podcast. I'm Maria Lott and these are in Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz, and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or un copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. table. Bom dia, Maria. How are you today? Bom dia, Angela. How is everything out in the West Coast? Everything is actually finally feeling like winter, I will say, for California. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to rub it into the East Coasters who have had a pretty brutal snow, you know, and, and rough mm -hmm. winter. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's finally a little chilly. We got some rain. Yeah. But, and I love winter, so it's good. Let's say, how chilly is it, Angela? Oh, do you really want to know? Let me check. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. You tell me. <laughs> Let's check real time. Okay. At the moment, it is 57 where I'm at. Oh, I will take 57. <laughs> 57 sounds awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it, we need a jacket. But anyway, everything is great out here. How about, how about over there? Well, you know, we've gone through that deep freeze of stuff. And today we're having a little reprieve and having some thawing out. So everything is like melting a little, but we have like nice. a really thick layer of ice and it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for it to go away. And, you know, mm. this is the first year that I actually thought to myself, I think I would like to be in warmer weather in the wintertime. Oh. This is the first year ever, ever that I've had this. But, you know, we're talking about the weather here, but we have an amazing guest with us today, don't we? We do. So we, I mean, we talk a lot about not only Portuguese food, but Portuguese culture, right? Music and yes. uh, art and textiles and lots of different things that we like, right? Yep. And so today's guest is our first, I would say, expert or guest that's focusing on art, Portuguese art. And yep. uh, so very excited to have her. So let's welcome Ana Miranda who is the founder and director of the Art Institute in New York. Anna, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Happy New Year to all of you. Happy, Happy New Year. Now, I met Anna, oh my goodness, I think it's a couple of years ago, Anna. I don't know if you, I've been one of your groupies, let's put it that way. <laughs> Because I met you the first time was in Fall River. And it was Rita Redshoes. Oh, yes. That was, was a very interesting concert. And it was, um, at the time, it was a challenge. We didn't know what was going to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we were working with Pedro Carneiro, the, the consul at the time uh, in, New, in New Bedford. Yes. And also with Michael Vunazic from Portugalia Marketplace. Yeah. And we had had several talks and we were a little bit uh, scared that people wouldn't like it or that they thought that it would be too um, too different of what they were used to. Right. And I always had this thing in my gut, 
uh, that we have to give them other stuff beyond Fado. Yes. We have to show them yes. other shows, other artists, and I'm pretty sure they're going to like it. And Rita, is, she's adorable. She talks to everybody. She's yeah. very warm in uh, concerts. She's an amazing singer and composer. So I was sure that Rita was going to be a hit. But we didn't know until the end because also the venue didn't want to offer any invitations at all. So people really had to buy tickets. And at the end, we, we had uh, 200 people in that, in that show. And it was amazing because the, the women, they brought the red shoes or a red dress. And it was really, really amazing. Oh, it's funny. And that proved our point that it people did. are also open to other things. Right. And it's funny because I was at Portugalia and Michael Benavides had said to me, Maria, are you going to be going to the concert? And I'm like, okay, I've ne I really had not heard of Rita Red Shoes before. And, and I said, yeah, if my husband and I can make it, we'll, we'll absolutely buy tickets and we'll get there. So my husband, who is not Portuguese, and I are there and he's expecting, you know, he doesn't know what to expect for music. So we're sitting there and you're right. It was over 200 people. Everyone was so excited and every, it was a nice energy at the Narrows. It was at the Narrows in Fall River. And she started playing and both my husband and I looked at each other and like, oh my God, like, why didn't we know about her before? And So since then, my husband is a big fan of Rita Red Shoes. And, <laughs> and since then, I have been following you and what you're doing and what you're all about. So it was, it was really, I, I loved it. And that was the beginning of it all and going, okay, who is Anna? What does she do? And then when finally everything that you're doing, it's like, wow, how come more people don't know about Anna? and what she's doing in New York. And of course, then the Portuguese in Soho, but that's a whole other thing. I love that one too. And yeah, so it's just... It's very funny that you're talking about Rita because uh, at the end of the year, we sent her to Macau and also to, to East Timor. And mm -hmm. uh, so she was there doing two concerts and uh, she was uh, presenting the movie, The Portuguese from Soho, because she did the soundtrack. That uh, we showed to wrote the the text, yeah. but she did the, the, sound, the soundtrack. So she introduced the movie. Yes. And uh, she, uh, right after the movie, she was so surprised uh, because I get to see the, uh, all around the world where we screen the movie, I get to see the people's, uh, people's reaction. And it's always amazing and, and it's always a surprise and yeah. there's always stories with something. There was a lady in the, in the audience that apparently was the niece of one of these ladies from Soho and, it, and the woman starts crying in the middle of the movie and they knew that there something was wrong <laughs> and, it, and then at the end that's when she found out that the, it was her, uh, her aunt and she had no clue she went to see the movie without knowing and then it was she immediately when the movie ended she wrote me you cannot imagine what just happened there was a woman here <laughs> and so that's when she told me But and I was like, see, Rita, this is uh, this always happens with the movie. It's just it's just amazing how much it touches people, even if they're not Portuguese or or I, I don't know. It's just the way they tell the story, the truth, uh, the that they have in in everything, the, their fight, their words. It's just so impressive. It doesn't matter if you're not Portuguese. You anyway get the movie. It's, it's with your heart. It's not with your mind. 
And, and no. I, I was going to say, I, I apologize for just, just like really rubbing it, like all of a sudden talking about all of this without doing what we normally do, Angela. And I, again, I apologize for this because <laughs> we introduce who I we, we go backwards. No yeah, worries. That's how we do it in our yeah. institute. We I'm go backwards like, all the way. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm like, I really am. I'm like a little kid here right now. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I apologize. I'm going to step back and Angela, you're going to take over or else I'm just going to keep going here. No, um. <laughs> no I'll, well, so I'll just say, I mean, so these are all the things that, you know, you've been doing through the Art Institute, but why don't we talk about how the Art Institute came to be? Because you are the founder. It was your idea, your baby, you put it together. Um, so what led you to do this? And And I think our listeners will find that there are a lot of synergies with the philosophy behind what you wanted to accomplish with the Art Institute to also what Maria and I talk about, which is exactly, you know, offering something different and, and unique uh, when it comes to Portuguese art and culture. So, so this all started because uh, I was already living in New York for uh, three or four years. And I, I, I grew up in Portugal. So none of my family lived outside Portugal ever, not that I'm aware of. So I had no idea of what was to be an immigrant. So I, I came here and, of course, I had traveled a lot. I studied abroad, but always in Europe or in Brazil, n never in the U.S. So for me, there was, I, I really didn't have an idea that people didn't know what was Portugal and where was Portugal. And that was uh, a fight throughout all the entire time was I was here. And people kept telling me, oh, you speak Portuguese. So uh, the, the carnival in, uh, in your home uh, country <laughs> is wonderful. And I would go nuts because it's like, uh, actually, I'm from Torres Vedras, so the carnival is a big thing in Torres Vedras. It's the best carnival in Portugal. But of course, they were not talking about Torres Vedras. They were talking right. about Brazil. Right. And that was super annoying. And then the thing that if they knew that it was in Europe, then we were part of Spain. That was also very frustrating for me. And so after that, I was like, okay, it's not that they're dumb. It's just that the country, it's not doing enough to show who we are. It's not the Americans that have to wake up one day and go look for Portugal and find out more about Portugal. We have to right. cross their path. So, and that's our job. It's not the American's job. So I start thinking, okay, I can be here sitting and complaining or I can start doing something. And so the first thing I tried to do was to tell people, every, and I worked also as a journalist and I, I also worked at the, at the mission of Portugal at UN. So every time I uh, bump into someone that I thought that could do something, I would tell them, you know, we should have a space for Portuguese where we can show a movie, showcase a movie, or if there's a, a writer, Portuguese writer here in New York, we could uh, have a talk, something. And everybody told me that I was crazy because Portugal would never have money to have like uh, all the other institutes. They have like a house or, or a space where they can actually do one of these things, which is, which are not the most complicated things. Because if you want to give a concert, then you really need to have a, an auditorium, uh, something with uh, with more resources. Right. But uh, I was just aiming at like a tiny room. I was not going that high. But everybody said that I was crazy. That I had good, very good ideas, but they were all very big ideas, and that was not for a country like Portugal. 
So that was the first thing. Isn't that the second thing? Yeah. The second thing was that the people uh, were always watching the same things. Oh, either it was Rancho, or it was right. Pazu, right. and we couldn't get right. out of this. And I kept right. thinking, I lived in Portugal for almost 30 years. The odds that I have seen Rancho are, I, I don't remember to see uh, Rancho before, <laughs> besides on television, before I get <laughs> here. So yeah. that for sure is not was not my Portugal, which I respect respect dearly, which I a hundred percent defend that we should maintain because this is not my Portugal, but it's the Portugal of people that immigrated in the seventies, in the eighties. That's what they have in their skin, and this has to be respected. But nevertheless, there was the other Portugal, the one, the, the other Portugal that we think that we see today, the Portugal Absolutely. of Rita, the Portugal of that combo, the Portugal of the new directors, the Portugal of so many other things, because we're such an incredible country with so much imagination. Mm-hmm. We couldn't just be stuck in a box that is Fado and Rancho and nothing else. So, and I think we also have this obligation of showing to the new and the young generations, the Russo descendants, what we are also now, they need to know what we were before, but also so that it's not as, uh, what, but also what we are now, so that they don't get to Portugal and then they don't recognize what they were told that was Portugal. And I hear this on uh, uh, often in the school thing, uh, the kids telling me, "Oh, I get there, and then my cousins are not in Rancho," and and they ask me, "Why are you in Rancho?" And so there's a lot of work to do also here and at this level. But going back. Uh, so these were the main two motives why I started Art Institute. Because I'm a Portuguese woman, so I tend to, we all we usually tend to be stubborn. I thought, okay, so let's see, let's see how much money costs to create something like this. And I did a short film because I wanted to learn how how to edit, and I was already working in an, at an art gallery, and I had time, so I wanted to do um, a short film. And, and learn how to edit. It was the other way around. I wanted to learn how to edit. So in order to do that, I enrolled in a, in a program in a school where you have to do the whole movie. So I had stories that I had written. I picked up one and I, I, I filmed the, the movie. And then uh, the school usually sends it to Anthology Film Archive. And then they have like a, kind of a contest for the, the, called the New Filmmakers. And my short film won that night. And my short film was nothing amazing at all. But all the others were really, really bad movies. And I was sitting there and I was laughing to myself and thinking, really, Portugal doesn't have a clue of the value we have. Because five years ago, when I was an actress in Portugal, I was already doing short films as an actress. And we had much better movies five years ago than what I'm, I'm seeing here today Mm -hmm. and I sat there and I thought to myself that day I walked down the the stairs of the the theater and I I I went to the box office and I said how much is it to rent the the room for one night because I was I I had decided in my mind I'm gonna do a showcase of Portuguese movies because if they can screen this they can screen ours it doesn't matter if it's from five years ago I have no clue where they are at now but uh, I'm going to do this uh, film festival. And that day I decided. So the film festival happened. 
three months and a half after that, more or less. Wow. Uh, it, it always looks like I'm talking That's about something so that took long, but no. The, what it took long was to decide that I was going to do it. And yeah. I thought, okay, I'm going to lose one month of my salary because I'm sure no one's going to support me. But since I have the movies, and if I get the movies, which was very hard to get them, because in the beginning people would tell me in Portugal, but who authorized you to do this? And I said, but do I need authorization <laughs> to do this? Excuse me? No, they would tell me that the oh. Institute of Cinema hadn't authorized me. And, and then I was very unpolitical correct at the time. And I said, excuse me, but if, if the country is not doing enough to show its cinema, then the, the uh, civil society has to step in. And then mm -hmm. after that moment, when I said that, everybody started helping me out. And so Zon, from, uh, which was a company in Portugal, they had like a list of directors that every year they would apply for an award. They gave me all the contacts. I wrote to almost 100 people. And I told them, I'm going to do this in New York and blah, 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 and explain the whole story, and everybody sent me the movies, and then we picked the ones that actually did the film festival. But Art Institute ended up starting before the festival. Why? Because I always had this idea that we need to promote everybody, the literature, the music, the cinema. The, this was my conversation with these people that I thought they could help yeah. all, all these years that it took me to get here. So I, when I decided to do the film festival, I needed a website. So I hired uh, these guys in Portugal, back in Torres Vedras, which are amazing. And then I was already paying them. And then I thought, but why don't I create an online gallery? I know how to film. I know how to edit. Why don't I interview these people that I think that people need to know they are in New York when they are in New York? Why don't I just create something, a, a larger website? where you can actually go to, the, web, to the, the film festival, but you have other stuff that helps the visual artists, that helps the guys from the literature, that you can have suggestions of Portuguese all over the world. And this was like this simple idea. It was really, in my mind, it was just like, I'm already spending the money. Why don't I do something bigger that I can also put the other one? I love it. But, but that's the, the beauty of art institutes. Although I was thinking all this in my house here on Bloom Street, that shows in the Portuguese movie, <laughs> while I was thinking all this, that looks logic to me. It was not that I sat down and I thought, I'm going to do this amazing thing called artist. No, it was just <laughs> one piece led into the other and I kept walking. But I thought, I'm not going to do this bad. So I immediately got a name for the institute. I paid a logo for the institute. I uh, the, the, the emails would come from the institute. I did it as if it was so people thought that we had like 10 people working and it was just me at that point. There was no one else. <laughs> and then uh, the, the festival ended up um, having also the website. We had launched then, this was in April 11th, uh, we launched the Art Institute website, just me <laughs> and uh, two friends here in New York and the guys in Portugal like at almost at 5 a.m. launching the website. This was the beginning. And from that on, uh, we did right after, which was what, a month and a half ago later, we were doing the film festival. But in between, my cousin, Hui Ventura, came in and started helping uh, with the video. And then there was a moment where I told him, you know, Hui, I think we need to have a festival there because I feel bad that I don't have the money to bring the directors to New York to see their movie in New York. 
Mm-hmm. So we have to do a film festival also at the same time, at the same hour over there. And he said, I have no clue how you want to do that, but okay, let's do it. And that's how <laughs> we did it. We actually did both of them. Then there's this amazing story that is the only thing in Art Institute that I really would like to have filmed and I haven't. Then I decided, okay, so now, but they're in Portugal. So they anyway are not seeing the festival in New York. So let's go and do a live streaming, which of course we had no clue how to do a live streaming. So I remember calling Yuri and uh, Igor in Newark. Uh, and then I called them and said, do you know how to do, how to make a live streaming? This thing has to work because if I do a Skype and I project, it will work. So but there must be a more professional way of doing this. So then they told me about the website. Then me and my cousin started studying the website. And then we didn't have money to go and test inside the movie. So we couldn't announce it without making sure that they had enough internet to, to, to do the live streaming. So we, we were then for the cinema to close the door. And I went there. I remember that night vividly. It was me and Yuri. There was a bunch of people. They all came to meet me there to do the test of the live streaming. It was late at night. I already had the password of the cinema, but I sat outside the door with my computer, my cousin at 5 a.m. trying to see if we could hear, and we did a test outside the door of the cinema after they closed to make sure that we could do the live streaming. And so this is one of the things that I, I really think it shows the Art Institute. It was never about the money. We, I always tell them, uh, we don't have the money. If we don't have enough money, we have to have more imagination because that's how things get done. And it was exactly like that. And uh, from then on, before that, and because I thought that the really nice spot to do uh, this was before we we got this theater in 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 New York. Uh, before that, I wrote to the Parks and Recreation here in New York because I had two hundred dollars to rent a rooftop. And I thought, if I rent a rooftop, then people really will feel that they are in New York. Mm-hmm. So I wrote to the parks, and three days later, uh, three days later, they uh, they wrote to, to me saying they were not going to rent me the rooftop. They were going to give me a pavilion, uh, a Tunian Square Park, right in front of Barnes & Noble. They were super excited because they had never had anything in Portugal. About wow. Portugal there. So that was, uh, they had just finished renovation and they wanted us there. And I was like, I'm sure this is in Bronx or, or it's in Harlem or somewhere, not the Union Square Park that I'm thinking for sure on 14th Street. I am 100% sure they're not giving me this. And if they are, I don't have the money. So I Google it. And then I, finally I said, okay, I only find this park. I have to call them and tell them that I don't have money. I was contacting them because I thought this will be, they will be the cheapest one. Right. So I call them and I tell them, look, where is exactly this park? And they confirm it was at 14th Street, Union Square. And then they tell me, I tell them, oh, sorry, I would love to have that. It was a dream, the dream of my life, especially for our first event. But the thing is, I don't have the money to pay you. And they said, no, no, it's for free. And we have a projector. It's an $8,000 projector. Wow. And I I almost fainted. I couldn't believe. I couldn't get an answer from Portugal. And in three days, we get the pavilion where we still do events uh, up to this day. Not inside the pavilion because right now it's a restaurant. Actually, the city was fighting 
for uh, there was um, this um, yes, some people that they they protect the parks, and for two years they were able to prevent the restaurant to take over that pavilion because of our videos. Because they would go to court and say, "See, this proves that this is a, a public space art, and these people they work there every year." And that's how they got to, they stopped the, the the restaurant couldn't go for almost two years, and it was really because of us. Most people don't even know this story, but we were only sending them videos and photos because every year it would be the same story. They would ask us, do you have new material? And of course we had. We were there for the entire summer. So the first event of Art Institute was a anthology film archive. It was this, the New York Portuguese Short Film Festival that has already been presented also in California. Uh, and it was at anthology film archive and at Union Square Park. But then out that day, the, the second day of the festival at the park, it was very funny. And that's why we are here today, because that's what made me understand that we could go further, much more than I ever imagined, right. because they love the movies. And this is all the credit of the artists, of the directors, of the, um, the directors of photography, of the musicians, of everybody, of the actors, everybody. Because uh, I always say, we got them to the park. We, get them to, we got them to the eyes of the Americans. But the talent is all from, it's all, it's all the artists, they're, they're, they're genius and their imagination. And there was a, a movie that especially touched the, the director of the parks, which of course was there. And then he was crying. And then at the end, he came to me, he hugged me and he said, Anna, this is incredible. Uh, if you want to do anything, whatever you want in this park, you can do it. You have my permission. And I looked at the man and I thought inside of me. This was the, the, the thought in my head. Okay, he's emotional right now and he's giving me the park. And I all the good movies are already here. And I don't really have more program. But <laughs> I have to say something right now. And I said, sure, we'll be here screening movies every two other week during the summer. Wow, oh my God. <laughs> and I had no clue. Of course, I came home, I started calling. I had to wait. This was like a Friday or something. And I had to wait on a Saturday and I started calling everybody in Portugal. I was like, you have more movies? And then I was trying to figure out who is in New York. So then I, I, I found the, the musicians. I started digging who was here that could do a concert or something. So next Monday, I, end, I get there to the parks again before they would forget. And then I, I get there with the logo already. And because I asked my the girl in Portugal, Inês, that always does our logos, I told her, Inês, please make a logo called Union Square, um, Summer Night Series at Union Square Park. So I got there and I told her, well, look, after all, we're going to be here every two other weeks. But it's not, it's not just cinema. It's music and art. So we're going to be here until September doing all these things. Wow. And in four months, we had done so much with so little. And of course, all our friends came. I had no clue how to connect cables. I had to learn because I couldn't hire people. I didn't know how to, how to, I didn't have enough money because it was just my salary on, on all this. And so, uh, I learned everything that I needed to learn in order to, I had to put the movies running, set up the screen, but then all the friends would come and help. And it was it was an amazing time. For uh, every time I remember about this, it, it was worth it for all of this. And of course, this was in during the summer. And then Pilar del Rio came to our presentation in Portugal the same year. It looks like I'm talking about several months. No, this was one thing after the other. 
And so what year was that? This was in June. What, what 2011. 2011. 2011. Okay. This was June 2011. And then we did a presentation for the media in Portugal because we were already supporting several projects in, 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 uh, we had one in Monsanto, almost in Spain. It was a Portuguese language, uh, event. We went there and we, because then we mastered the, the live streaming and no one was doing live streaming. So we were supporting people everywhere with the live streamings and the interviews and, and putting it on our website. Uh, and so, uh, Pilar del Rio, uh, the wife of, uh, Saramago, the widow, she came to the presentation because we were supporting this project of the Portuguese language. She ended up there. It was not us that invited her. She just ended up there by chance. And then she told me, oh, we would need to promote uh, a movie because they were running for the Oscars that year. They were trying to get to, to the shortlist. So we need to promote this movie. And uh, and then I started talking also with the director. And then we, we came up. Uh, so in 2011, this was September, we showed the movie at moment and we created an entire week called the, the Semana Saramago, Saramago Week, that had talks. And had the movie and had Noiserve, the musician, which is amazing. If you don't know, Google him because it's amazing. And then uh, that's how this started. And then this was September. And in December, I decided, okay, we're going to Brazil. And I contacted a friend of mine there and said, can you get me a theater in Brazil that we can do a partnership because I don't have money to pay them? But do you think we can do that? And we tried to arrange something here in New York for them. And that's how we end up, at the end of the same year, we were already in Brazil. Wow. And that's how it, everything happened. And nowadays, so now fast forward to 2017, we do, last year in 2017, uh, now 2018, but last year, 2017, we did uh, 120 events all around the world, 17, uh, 72 cities, 32 countries. And wow. we're still this, more or less the same team we were in the beginning so my cousin worked with me until last year and uh, i have one more person working with me and uh, we have constance for three years and that's how we do it we get partnerships everywhere of course today we have the support and i have to mention them of swad edp uh institute commerce also has a, a little fun for us uh, the, um, uh, also the Camera de Cascais that uh, all these years have also supported us and Casas Rauk which has been uh, a big support also all, all in, in several countries, not just here, in several countries. And so this is what we've been doing all this time. And of course now we have also a TAP that since last year is helping us and we have Pustana Hotel, hotels, um, that also support us all around the world because at the end we're the only project all around the world that goes with these companies that are also all around the world so it's a it's a privilege to work with them and uh, especially TAP and Pristana uh, help us a lot uh, going to other countries that we would it would be more difficult to take for instance music or theater or dance and now because we have their support it gets easier to do it but we're all over the world wow that is completely amazing, Anna. You know, in hearing all of that, you know, and you can hear it in your voice, the passion you have for what you do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's half the battle for anything that we do in our life. We have to have the passion. I always, 
I tell this several times every time I, I, I sometimes people ask me to talk in events and in, in conferences and, and talks and I always say the same thing if I was doing this to get awards to get my picture on the newspaper whatever it was for the wrong reason this would would never never no. uh, no. had happened right. because right. you have everybody against you most of the time the people that you're trying to help the country you're trying to help and it's just because there, there is still to come a new mentality. Most of the times they fight you because they think you're trying to take their place and you're not. You're trying to help them out in this specific area, which is culture, period. Yeah. You're not trying to take the place of anyone. And mm-hmm. uh, we don't have egos. We don't have jealous. We're not, that's not what moves us. Because if it was, we would, I would have stopped many years ago because, uh, Every time, the, 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 so many times people told me, this is not possible. You can't do this. We won't allow you to do this. And I think, but who has the permission to allow me? And it's just, <laughs> it's just not so. So at a certain point, what I'm trying to say with this is just that people have to understand that instead of going and complaining about Portugal on Facebook, complaining about the things that they say that it's wrong in Portugal, they have to act. They have to, if they want to complain or point the finger, they have to try at least to do something to change it. Even if it's in their small mm-hmm. world, it doesn't matter. You don't have to get that impact all around the world. But try to change it in your village. You have someone that's in the post office that doesn't work well. Okay, go and complain. There's a book to complain. So yeah. that's, that's changing because the people in Lisbon won't know if in Algarve someone doesn't work, doesn't do a good job. They got, they're not psychic, so they're not going to uh, have an intuition that that person over there is not doing a good job. You have to tell them. That's how you get things done. You talk. You try to do different. You start saying like we did with Art Institute. I say this not because I want to criticize anyone or the country at all. Because there was also many people that believed in us, that saw the potential, and that pushed us forward. But uh, but what, what I tried to say with this is that it's everybody it's possible. It's not that my parents are uh, anyone that is known or involved in politics. Or my my parents are accountants in those weather. For God's sake, it's just it, everybody can do this. It's it's not that you need to have a special gift. You have to really believe and you have to know that there are days that you just want to cry and think, why am I doing this? And everybody is like, <laughs> why are you doing this? They don't care. Why are you caring? But that's right. the thing. I think your example, Anna. No, absolutely. What I was going to say, I think your example, Anna, is, is proof that anything is possible. Even when, if you have an idea and you, and like you said, everybody's against you, everybody's telling you it's a bad idea. But if you feel in your gut that it's something that you think is important that you want to do, you can make it happen. It just takes really hard work and perseverance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a good team, a team that believes exactly on the same things you believe, because if you don't have people around you, that uh, I, I always remember my cousin and he told me this many, many times. He said, Anna, I had no clue how you want to do this, but let's do it. I know you'll find it. I know you'll find a way. But uh, and and sometimes you have to have people around you that tell you these things because you don't want a, a person that tells you, "Oh no, that's impossible." And in your team, you have people pushing you down. No, it doesn't happen. It's just the worst because you need people that look at the things and say, "Okay, this is the the the, the challenge. 
I, I forbid everybody to say problems. So this is the challenge. So instead of focusing, that's the challenge, the, 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 the challenge, the challenge, no. So this is what we have to deal with. So what's the way? There's a way. If it's not right, it's left. If it's not up and down, everything has a, if it's not exactly how we had it in your mind, you also have to be flexible. Sometimes you do your best. And it's not exactly what you wanted, but it's the best you could achieve at that moment with that people, with that money, with the, the resources you have. And you have to be flexible also with that. That doesn't mean you don't have to do it with quality. That's something different. That, just to make sure yeah. that I'm, I'm, the message is clear. Well, I also think the message is clear that we all have to be a very stubborn person to go forward with everything that right. we do. Mm-hmm. Because I, exactly. That has to be in us, number one, that stubbornness, that uh, that thing of I'm going to, like you said, why not? Why can't we do this? Why can't we? What do you mean? It, can't, it wasn't done before, but why not? Why can't, why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. And to be told by other people, no, you can't or this or that. For some people, it would make them stop in their tracks. And for others, it only puts more energy in us to say, you're wrong. I am going to do this. This is what I'm going to do and follow through. And you're right. Ego cannot be in what we do. Mm-hmm. Ego In anything. Uh, in anything. Because if, if you're putting all of yourself in it, and there are going to be plenty of people who tell you you're wrong, you're not doing it right, da, 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 whatever the case may be. And you cannot take that on. Your ego cannot be in what you're doing. All your vision is, is that, that thing that you know you're going to do and it's complete and you see that vision of it being done. That is it. And you're right. You have, you have to surround yourself with right people. Good people, because you're only as good as those that are around you. And if you're <laughs> surrounded by people who are going to be bringing you down, they're the wrong people. Yeah, then you have two problems. The, the Actually, the, the problem that it's a problem uh, in, in inverted commas, and then the 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 persons that you ha- the people that you have to actually deal with them to go through so it's two things against you instead of just one so that's very important and and my if i had to say a dream for portugal i think it would be that it it would be that okay top of everything that people learn how to work as a team that that's that's a big challenge but we're getting there we're getting there slowly but we're getting there but then it would be that people we cannot prevent people to, t- to tell us uh, you cannot do it because that's where they are. For them, maybe they couldn't do it. And it's fine. It, it's not, it doesn't make you more or less than the other person. But we cannot prevent them for, from telling us this. What we can block is how we receive it. And it's very unfair to ourselves and to whatever we have in our minds or in our hearts that someone outside of us is telling us what we can or we cannot. This is this freedom is to choose to do it, even if you fail, it doesn't matter. At least you get out of there knowing you tried. You tried, and if you tried, even if it, it didn't happen, okay, it doesn't matter. But it, you found that for yourself, not because someone, even before you start, already told you you couldn't do it. Because probably, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with us. Yeah, 
every time we tried, we were able to succeed. So this feeds us all the time. We were being fueled by our own achievements. So there was a moment where we had nothing in our mind that we could say we cannot do this. And today, I think that's why I'm so proud of this event. The, the event that we do at Summer Stage, uh, uh, the, the con Summer Stage, it's a, uh, a 20 years uh, festival, music festival outdoors in Central Park. I, I, I watched so many concerts there and I could never in my wildest dream think that one day Portugal would have a day for Portugal, for the Portuguese music. And this was last year. I, I, I really, I, I can't explain what I felt, not just because I see a lot of people crying and people that said I'm here for 40 years and I've never seen anything like this for Portugal. It's just what I felt there. It is, it's impossible not to be proud of, uh, of Portugal, proud of what we have, mm -hmm. proud of our artists. And that combo was an, an amazing concert. When in the morning they came to, to do the sound check, and the, the, the technicians at the summer stage, they were there, of course, to do the sound check. And they start, after they played the first song, they, they picked up their phones and they called the Carnegie Hall for one of the curators and said, you have to come and check the band we have here today. Oh, my God. I was oh my out of my mind. <laughs> I didn't know if I should tell them, if I should just. You know, of course, the, the woman arrived. The first thing I did was to give her a pastel nata, which I think right there <laughs> solves our problem. So that was the first thing she got when she got there. Then I set her in a nice in a nice place. But the first thing was to give her the pastel nata because that's halfway in. So, and and it was amazing to see all these things happen. And I I see all that. It so many people in there. I was really so happy. Of course, I love. The event Portugal in Soho, and when I say this, I'm not trying to diminish the other events in any way. It doesn't matter if it's for 30 people or for 3,000 people. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. But there are things that we really, it, it's valid. It kind of gives you the fool to continue a little bit longer because at some point I want to do something else with my life and, and I don't know to whom I'm going to leave Art Institute because I keep trying that one day Portugal just picks up where I left. But I already made my peace also with that because I did the best I could. If they want to continue, if they want to look at the model, the way we're doing it, IBM for three years ago already said that we're the new business model for culture, and which I think we are. It's a, if you ask me today, oh, if you could have a space in New York to do all these things, probably I would say no because I don't think it's the way to go in the future. And it's a lot of money and it's, it's really tough for a country like us. It, it really is. And we created a model, a business model that works much better. And the others are looking at this. The other countries also look at this because when we go to the meetings, sometimes we always have to give our, uh, to tell them our experience, especially if we have American guests, because we're the only ones that are doing it in a different way. We don't have X amount of money from the Portuguese government to do it. We don't have a physical space. I work from my home in New York. So, you know, and, and this didn't prevent us to do anything. On the contrary. And, uh, and another thing that I think it's important to talk because I think this is a, um, a homage to all, all of us Portuguese here. The event that we do, the Portugal uh, in Soho, where we close the streets, that every year is getting bigger. And I think last year was what I had in my mind since day one, but I knew it would take me 
a moment, although I, uh, people think that I, uh, they say I have a lot of energy and that I, I need to do everything very fast. No, I need to do everything very fast because I know I cannot let the, the opportunity go. But right. this event, I knew I had to get the trust of, of the board that would allow me and give me the permit for the street. So I knew I had to start small. And everybody, and I, I feel it. People every year saying, "Oh, I thought it would be something different." And I had to listen to that, and 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 knowing that I knew I was getting there, I was not where I wanted to be. Last year, finally, we were. But the thing that I uh, that uh, it stays in my heart. It's one of the uh, a lot of Portuguese live there still on Sullivan Street. So I didn't have to have a generator because they gave me the the electricity from the buildings. <laughs> they asked the, the, the owners of the building, and I didn't have an annoying uh, generator making noise the entire day. So what happened was, and this is the image of that event for me. When I get there to set up everything, because the guys from the tent, of course, arrived half an hour earlier, so it was me and two guys of the tent setting up everything. And then I get to the streets, and I see Joaquin, which is one of the people that lives there, and he was cleaning the street. He was with a broom cleaning the street. Oh, how wonderful. And that moment, and I said, Joaquin, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm cleaning the street. I said, no, uh, that I can see. Why are you cleaning the street? No, please don't, don't do this. I, I feel bad. And he said, no, people are going to come. And we have to have this organized and clean. And this is so much Portuguese, so much. <laughs> and this is so much who we are. He was there at the quarter to seven, cleaning the street because the people were going to come. Yes. And this for me, that's what counts. And that moment, and I look at me and I think, sometimes my mom is always saying, I don't know how you are so tiny and you carry all these things back and forth without an elevator, <laughs> up and down. And is this moment, like looking, that moment I knew, I'm, I'm going to learn right away how to, to put this stand up. And it was because of them, because they really worth it. Every little thing we do, they worth it. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you've already done so much, Anna. I dare ask, what, what's on the horizon? What's next for Art Institute? Will there be any food events? Have there been any food events? Yeah, well, there is this one, but I usually don't do it because uh, there's sometimes other events and the restaurants also try to promote, so I... For a long time, I felt like besides having the pastel de nata and the wine, there was not much more that I would do because I have events where I can actually do receptions. We also have the Portuguese Literature Cafe where we actually have the wines and there we promote a little bit more the literature and the wine and all these things. But we don't do events just, uh, events just focused on that. We have a nice idea for that, but TAP is already doing it. So thank God that they're doing it because it's less work for us. But uh, which is with the new chef, which is TAP. TAP is already uh, promoting the new chefs and all these things, so it's less one event that we have to deal yeah. with. But and they're doing it very well. But uh, on this event, the Portugal uh, in Soho, we always have Portuguese food, and and that's something that we want to work maybe a little bit more together with the the literature. We would think that would match very well, and we have uh, we're gonna have an app soon. And uh, that might be one of the things that might be linked to that app uh, because uh, there was a very nice company in Portugal that offered to offer us an app, which was something that we wanted for a while because we have all these videos, almost 700 videos of all the events we do. So when I say a number that we do all these events, 
I'm not playing, the videos are there. So I'm not lying and just saying a number. You can go on our venue and you learn all these things. And since we're, uh, I can also leave this information, all the videos are open for download because if the schools want to use it, they can. We don't want any author um, copyright or something. So that's why we leave it open so that the Portuguese schools can use it in classes. So go there, check what, if it serves you. And uh, we have a lot of contemporary artists. We have also things that are more traditional. It's just a question of going through the se almost 700 videos. But we have a lot of events this year. We're going to thank God do again the summer stage, which was not predictable because they told me last year that whatever, even if it goes very well, it's very difficult that a country gets to get in the program two years in a row. So, but we did it. We're there this year again. I cannot say yet who are the artists, but Velvi uh, Fazel this year, I can say this. And... Um, uh, because that was one of the requests they wanted Fado. But we will have more. Because I don't let go of the contemporary, the other musicians. So um, that's going to happen again. The Portugal in Soho also. We're going to have again the New York Portuguese Short Film Festival in uh, in um, Lincoln Center. We also have uh, this new festival that we started last year in September. The FACT, which is the Art and Science Festival. And that it started uh, uh, in EDP at MAT, the museum, in September, as I said. And we've been already in Mexico, New York, um, Berlin, and uh, two weeks. Uh, at the end of the month, we're going to be in Toronto. So if you're in Toronto, check it out because it's a very interesting festival. And so we're going to continue with this uh, regular program plus the, the new things that we have every year. But I think my main goal and my vision now for Art Institute is that Portugal understands that it has a value for the future. I don't want this to die with me. I didn't start this to to be good to me. Uh, and it doesn't matter if they can do a hundred and something events. If they do 30, it's already okay. Because it would be much easier for us just to do two or three events per year, the big events, and then the rest of the month. I was just here relaxing and preparing just these three events and, and doing all the things around the world. But that's not what I believe in. I believe that we are here and Portugal is here because we talk about this every month. Every month there's one or two or three events or whatever it is. But it's not just two or, two or three times per year. That doesn't help. That helps that day and two, the, 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 the two days after. It doesn't help for what we want, for to have a brand. It doesn't help for people to know more about us. So it has to be, as we've been doing, systematic and sustainable. And of course, it's much more work. It is. And sometimes we just doing, we know we're doing an event for 30 people. I know. And it's hard and it's painful. It is. But I believe that this is the value of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not just doing it one time per year. Oh, yeah, yeah it's a huge event. Great. And that's it. And then it's just great in June. We're all great in June, and then after June, there's nothing else. Portugal only exists in June. <laughs> right. No. Right. So that's why I fight this so much. And uh, California also has a new consul. She also reached out to us uh, already. Mm -hmm. And I hope mm -hmm. this year we can go there uh, with more things. And I hope that one day we screen again, because we did already at Berkeley, but we have to screen the Portuguese in Soho over there. Because it, I'm sure it's going to be as much moving as it is in all the parts in the world. Oh, it hasn't been shown in California yet. 
Uh, it has been shown in Berkeley, but inside university, not outside. Oh, so this is something it, for us to yeah. do, Angela. Yeah, it's definitely absolutely. I'm already mm -hmm. putting work on. Uh, I'm already putting the work. I don't know. I'm going to I really, Sorry. I really loved it. I really, truly loved it, and I wasn't even aware that that community even existed in New York. And when I saw the first, when I saw it, when I saw it airing, because it it did here in New Bedford. And again, my husband and I went to it and it was really a beautiful event. It was really nicely done. Definitely needs to be shown in California. No, yeah, I'm down. Because Yulinda I'm down. already helped us because we work there in California with Yulinda. She's amazing. She's a big supporter. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so she, we screen it at Berkeley. But um, but we would like to show it also in San Francisco or, or, or somewhere else. Yeah. That people well, the want challenge. Us to go. Yeah, I mean, as we've talked about before, the challenge with California is that uh, it's such an expansive community that if you, even if you were in a public theater in Berkeley, you still miss a whole contingent of the population. Exactly. Right? So you have to hit that's multiple That's what Yulinda told us, that there yeah. was a lot of people that wouldn't go there. Yeah. So that's why I think it's a pity that they don't know about us, uh, about the, the, the Portuguese from Seoul, which I am one of them because I also live here. But uh, I always say the true ones, the original ones. Because this is all dying right now at this point, uh, this story, because uh, we have now, there, there used to be 750 families here. And now you, if you have 50 people, it's, it's too much. That's why I do this event in Portugal in Soho, because it's, this is a way of setting food, saying we were here as the Italians, because people know about the Italians, they don't know about the Portuguese. And they were here. The Italians would rent the, would, uh, rent the club of the Portuguese to their party. And it, and this is an idea that it just blows my mind. How is it possible that we know everything about the Italians here? And right. they were doing stuff in our club because we used to have three clubs. And it's just, in, it's incredible how, how we, it's really a, a, our, it's a feature of the Portuguese. We don't really show off. We don't make no. a, brand, a brand out of everything. No, we don't. So, and the Italians are perfect on this. Congratulations to them because they're really good. So, but that's why we do the Portugal in Seoul, so that people know about this, so that it's a way for us to. Uh, I was trying to co name the street, but they don't allow to do these little Portugals or this, which was not little Portugal, it was the Portuguese street. But they don't allow us to do this anymore because the laws have changed. And now, it's, if it's the name of a person, they let me do it. But if it's not, and I'm not going to create a problem here choosing a name. To put on the street so but that's why we were doing this event we were trying to leave a footprint here because they deserve it these people the portuguese that were here that fought that built this neighborhood that's one of the things and the people from the board the, the community boards they came now they come to our to our event and they loved it and there's not a complaint about this event so that's why we can renew it every year and uh, even the restaurants, they don't complain. They say they sell more and they, they always go and pick something. They, we have like one that is Indian here. And the Indian restaurants, they told, oh, because Goa was also at some point to the Portuguese were very influenced. They said they sold more food because they, they brought the event together with what we were doing. It's very funny. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very, a very happy day for everybody. But that's why we do it. Not, not just because it's a happy day. So it's because we want to promote the heritage of these people. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. we have a book almost ready with this, with the story. It's the story also of the movie, but a lot of things that we couldn't use in the movie and that 
we don't want to let it die because this will die. This is a story that in 10 years, there will be no one here to tell it uh, because it's, some people will be almost 100. So it's unlikely that they all going to be here to tell the story. And Maria already died, the owner of the, the main building, the 550 Broom Street, where most of them arrived and they came here when they arrived. So there's all these things, you know, it's that we don't want to let it die. So we, we're trying to get funding for this book, which we don't have yet, but we have the book almost ready because we want to make sure that at least the book is, is ready and we'll, we'll manage to, to, to print it somehow. But yeah. that's, that's the reason why, because this cannot die with us. This cannot die with Art Institute or with me or the people that actually made this story. Right. So we're in this fight right now. But my, my biggest dream for Art Institute is that uh, someday someone continues this. If not, okay, I did my part. And I can complain about Portugal if they don't do things <laughs> I like. <laughs> I did my part. Right. No, exactly. I say this oh, as a joke. I mean, underline this because people sometimes don't understand my sense of humor. But uh, no, but I would like that this would continue because it, I think it would be crucial for Portugal. And we have all the seeds and the structure and the partnership. So this would be crucial to continue. I think it's, I think it's a no brainer. I think, it, you know, we all get to the point at one point and it's important to know that because we can have a passion. We could do all we can. We put everything in it, but then we reach a point where sometimes it's time to go somewhere else, to back away from mm -hmm. it, to move on to another point and um, part of our life because mm -hmm. we do throughout our life we do reinvent ourselves just because we've created something doesn't mean it's going to weigh us down and i get that but the government the portuguese government whether um there is the art part of the government that oversees the art if they don't see this as an importance of continuing all of this here in the United States as well as all throughout the world as the importance that it has, I, I, I can't see how they cannot see how important this is and be wanting to help in taking it over or helping it even expand even more and to be able to do more with their resources that they have, with the money that they have. I can't, it's a no brainer for me. For them to take, but over. it's complicated, and so it's and a lot of people have helped, and a lot of people have pushed us. And and for instance, Vasco Rati, he was incredible with us since day one. And when he one time uh, we gave him an award, not him to to flood and to cash Israel deposits that they got an award from us, uh, like a like a thank you uh, at the end. And uh, I I will never forget his words. He said, and we have it even on, on a video that he said. Uh, when I met Anna, she told me, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. And I looked at her and I said, no way she's going to do that. And he went there and he said, and she proved me wrong. That's when I start crying. And he said, all the time she proved me wrong. But he's one of these people that if I'm not doing something right, he's the one that comes in and tells me. And he always asks me, where is my dollars? And blah, blah, blah. And I have to explain <laughs> everything to him. And this is, uh, and, and, but this is the kind of people that we rely because they, it's, I, I told this at Paco's event that it was not about the money. And it's not about the money. And it's not because some of the people were there. It's, it's really because sometimes you have it in your gut. You know that it's going to work, uh, even if everybody tells you the contrary. 
But it's not that. It's just sometimes it's good to to see that there's someone that it's understanding your vision and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it took a while, but now there's a lot of people and more and more. But the thing is, for this to continue, it has to be structured. It cannot just it cannot just be some people understanding and trying to support or some uh, some ministries understand and and they want to try to to push forward it has to be something structural otherwise it will die anyway mm-hmm. it has to be something mm-hmm. that the country really wants to continue and yeah. it doesn't matter who con- who started that's what i always tell them it doesn't matter who started it will matter who con- who will continue because i didn't choose to do this I came to the U.S. for three months. I was going to do a workshop as an actress, and then I was going to move to Brazil. I'm here for almost 12 years. So I had no control in my life. I didn't choose to do this in my mind, not that I sat down. And and I just saw it, and I was seeing the way and the path, and I continued walking, and one day I woke up, and it was this. It was this art institute. You know what? You're saying you didn't choose it, so did it choose you? You know, we... it took me a lot of hours on my shrink exactly to understand that. <laughs> yes. Because I kept saying, I kept saying to my, my I, I have a past life therapist in Portugal. And uh, because I love these alternative uh, things. I, I love it. And that's what I want to do in the future. And uh, when I'm no longer uh, on, I've been too good. But the thing is, I, I always left because uh, I was, today, I left today. At the time, I, it was really, a, in 2011, it was really something for my mind. I kept telling, but everybody could have done this. And she said, Anna, no, that's why you did it and the other people didn't do it. I said, no, but they could have. They just didn't put the effort on it. And she said, Anna, no, it was you that had to do this. And it was, uh, and I said, but I didn't choose. There were so many other people that are so much capable, even more than I am. And she said, no, it's you. You, you did it. And she still, she still tells me a lot of times that I, I don't, it's not, I, I don't acknowledge that I did this. Yeah. And I kind of understand what she, what she did because I always, I'm talking about uh, something that it, it's not related to me. But it's not because of that. It's not because I don't sit down, uh, sit down and I want to own this. And that's why I don't have this feeling. It's not for a bad reason or that I don't care or, no, it's not about that. It's, it's really because I, I'm just doing it. It's there. I see that I, it's possible and I do it, period. Well, I'm not you know, really thinking that much. With art, no one can own art. So you're right. You're, it's art is, is out there. Out is, art is wherever anyone can see art. Not everybody can see art, appreciate art, appreciate anything like that. Art is... I mean, I could look at a, a, a painting with a red box painted in the canvas and I see it as, <coughs> but other people see it as, what the heck is that? I could make that. That's a box exactly. with a, a red box inside of a canvas. So the question is, can you repeat that box? Correct. On the so canvas. <laughs> it, it's one thing for us to, to be able to do it and saying, well, I didn't choose this. Uh, so why, why is this, you know, it chose you, you have to do this. Because you saw it, you felt it deep down inside in your gut that something needed to be done in a certain way. And there were plenty of other people who've also looked at the same thing, but didn't have that passion, didn't want to go through that hard work, didn't want to get all those no's. And maybe they got a few no's 
and that made them stop. And there's the difference. There's the difference, Anna. The the difference, you're not going to take no. You're going to listen to your gut. And because Angela and I have these conversations all the time. It would have been very easy for me, as well as Angela, to work a nine-to-five job somewhere, get paid, get benefits, do all of these things instead of working for ourselves and doing things that we want to do. And it is, there are some moments or there's some days where I'll call Angela and go, what the hell was I thinking of? Why did I leave my nine to five job to do this? Because I'm going crazy right now. And, but (laughs) the reason is we have to do it. It's, it, it's something that chose us. It's beyond us. It's beyond us. Absolutely. But I, I, I think about this. I said this so many times to so many people like, but why me? Why? I didn't want to do this. I didn't want. And of course, it's just because you don't feel like you chose, you were doing that. It's not something like you go to that college or no, it's life. And I, I believe that life has a way. And I believe that before Art Institute, I had several jobs. And uh, and I was always like, why am I not one of these people that can work a nine to five job? And my mom has this, uh, uh, um, uh, how do you say it in English? As a magua, has this sadness. My mom has this sadness that I that, that any of her two kids has a has a nine to five job because for her that was would have been the best. But I'm 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 the one that's more out of everything she planned. But at the end, what what I what I see from this, and um, the way I see it, is that there's a plan for us. There's nothing you can really do. You can change one thing or the way you get there, but you don't. There's a, there's something bigger uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, in your mission, like a mission that you have, something you have inside uh, of you. That's yep. why some things you want and they don't happen, and others you don't even want, but they're in a way, and you have the tools to do it. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. And at the end, it's everything is right. Um, so that's why I was saying this more because I think that maybe in the future and one day in many years, probably what I will be, I want to be a therapist. That's what I want to do. So I know, I know life has that thing for me. I understood it already a while yeah. back ago, Yeah. but it's not the time yet, but it's, but I understood that that is in my, in my past, the same way Art Institute was. Yeah. And I remember when I was having all these jobs. The day that I made peace with all that, because I would settle down in one job and I would start like, oh, I'm getting happy here. Oh, there's something missing. When I have this thing that there's something missing, I know I have to move on. And it's just like, it's, I'm not choosing, it's just something. And I remember the moment I finally understood Art Institute, what what was it all about? The whole thing that, that those, all those pieces that I didn't think through, but I put it together in the beginning. <clears throat> it, that was the result of all the jobs that I felt like pushing me. If I hadn't passed through all of them, I couldn't have done Art Institute that I could do. You're right. You're all the tasks, right. all the tasks I knew how to do them. Yeah, because I passed right. through, I had experiences. That and in that moment, I made peace with all those things, all of them. Yeah, and like and you said good. before, you learn what you need to learn. 
I mean, and that is, and you learn along the way, but you're right. You, you couldn't do what you did now until, unless you had gone to that class that you, uh, that you went to and you made that short film that you won that award. It all, exactly. it all began from there. In two years I was doing a, well, it was more than two years, but the, the best, two years before Art Institute, it was really already paving the way for the path I was thinking. I had no clue I was going on that path, but I was going and that was the goal. And that was the moment I had it clear in my mind. And that gives you also a strength and uh, knowing that, okay, I have to do this. And the moment I think I understood and I stopped fighting that it had to be me doing this, I think that's when this really start jumping and that's when I quit my job because for a long time I was uh, with my I was paying everybody except with my salary on the gallery. So I was working to um, to I had two jobs. I was sleeping four hours the first two, two years. I, I slept four hours. I think that's why today I can't sleep much because of that. Because before I could, but uh, but anyway, the only thing that still annoys me sometimes and sometimes uh, when I say these things that I didn't think it through. I just want to underline, I didn't think it through the beginning of this. But then all the path of the way, it was not, as people like to say, I'm very energetic. And this, of course, they never say to a man that he's energetic. Men, they, they have other characteristics, but they're not energetic. But what I want to say with this is that the beginning, I didn't sit down in my office and I decided I'm going to do this this way to get to this point. But then I was intelligent enough to understand where to go, it was intuitive enough to have the gut feeling to know it's this way, although everything is pointing out to the other way, but it was not by chance. It was hard work, and it is, of course, I'm energetic, but that was not because I, because every time that people say that, oh, she's very energetic, I get this feeling like she doesn't sleep a night, and so she decided to do this, which is not true. I sleep very well. Not much, but I sleep very well. But I, I, I tend to notice this. A man is never energetic. A woman is energetic. And why can't a woman be smart enough and hardworking enough uh, to be able to achieve this? Right. And Pilar, for many years, she tell me this. Oh, there she goes again with the woman thing. And today I can understand. I can relate to some things that she said. And it's... Uh, and then it's not that I think that men are against us. On the contrary. I always say this. Though our us in men are not the men, it's us. We still know how to protect our us and we still think we're competing with each other. And we're not. And until we don't understand this, we have a big problem. It's not about the men. There's a problems with men, of course. But the biggest issue, it's us among ourselves. Yeah, so, I agree on that. You know, I never, I never like blaming stuff on others. Uh, you have to own your own stuff. Mm-hmm. because yep. God, God only knows none of us are perfect. And I really, I don't like to compare, uh, and this is just something personal. I don't like to compare something and go, oh, you know, if I was a guy, things would be different because I'm, a, you know what? I like being a woman. I like. Yeah, but they'll be different for better and exactly. for worse. That's Absolutely. the thing. There's a balance. There's a balance. And I like who I am as that. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things that women are able to do and possess and and whatever that men can't. And you know what? There are some things that men can do that I really don't want to do. So 
Exactly. You have to be, you have to be very happy in your own skin and, and not make excuses because you're a woman. I cannot stand that. Mm -hmm. That, Exactly. But there's a lot of work to do until we can, uh, team up, let's say this way. We, we still have work to do. And I, I think that one of the ways of changing this, sometimes it really points this out. Because even last year, Angola invited me to go to Washington and I participated on a debate. And everybody was going around, but no one was really saying it. And it was this thing about the men. And I was already feeling sorry for all the men that were there. They, have, <laughs> they were there because they really wanted to listen. So it, we couldn't. It's not a point. Those are not the men that need to be changed. They're not the ones that are there to listen to us. And then at some point I said, no, you know, but the big issue is that we have to deal with each other differently. The people that create me more problems most of the time are women. They're not the men. Well, everybody was clapping because, and then it's, and then the lady said from, from the embassy, it's true, we were all here, we all agree on that, but everybody was scared of saying it. Yeah, but we don't have to be scared of saying, we have work to do. It's, we have, it took us a long time to be where we are, so we have other more urgent tasks. But right now we have to, to the next step is this. It's, a, I, I, I was even commenting today with a, with a friend. Because now the French ladies, they did a movement against the Me Too, which is a totally different subject. It's not what we were talking about. It's the, uh, this is a more deep concern. But how can we already got into fights with the French, with the, the Americans and the French, and now everybody's on Facebook saying, I'm more the French way, I'm more the American way. Women, this is our problem, all of us. It's not that right. no, we're not going to create them already. And men don't do that. They can hate each other, but if they have to stick together, they stick together. And that's what we didn't learn yet. Yeah, but yeah. we will. Well, you know, the thing is, is that's something that I, um, again, I think Angela and I both feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And and this is again conversation <laughs> we have that don't get recorded and maybe we should record them. But when we, uh, we talk about, you know, helping each other because no one gets to anywhere by themselves. themselves. Well, and you're not born At knowing the end, it's everything. It's about the human no. race. It's helping each other because we all humans and we all trying to do something. If it's a good cause, we all should help. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, a bottom line. That's just, the bottom line is this, yeah. but, uh, but uh, right now it's like with gender, everything has a gender. Everything has, and sometimes I'm, uh, I'm scared to talk about this because I'm not sure if the message gets through, but it's, at the end it's, it's a step for the young children or the young women that are listening to us, that they can also understand, well, maybe it's going to be harder because on TV it's all about this thing that it's going to be better. It's, it's uh, Oprah said a new horizon or a new day is rising. Okay, maybe it's, I wouldn't go that far in that sense because I don't think we're that at that point. Yeah. But it's it's it, it's good to emphasize to know that sometimes it's in some things, in some areas, in some uh, conquests, it's harder when you're a woman. But that doesn't make it worse. O- on the contrary, it gives you the strength to know everybody can do it. Yeah. It's like the song in New York. If you do it in New York, you can do it anywhere. It's the same thing. Yeah, I agree. I hear you. Well, we have 
reached we're, we've gone beyond our hour so this is <laughs> it's oh gonna go oh my god have we oh yeah uh, i'm sorry oh, yeah. for that poor man that's that okay listening to all of these and that has <laughs> no. to cut now all these things <laughs> no, no. that's okay we uh we typically like to also ask a couple of fun food questions and you know i mean heck why not why don't we just keep going if if we have just a couple more minutes if that's if that's all right with you yeah sure of course no no problem i'm here yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we just like to ask some fun questions like, you know, what was your first food memory or do you have a favorite Portuguese food that you like to eat or that you like to make? Yeah. What is your favorite? Okay. Your favorite? So we're going to start laughing already. Okay. So I am at all a food person. I, I have nothing to do with food. Oh, let me put it this way. Uh, before, I had nothing to do with food. And... I am one of those people that besides croquettes, I don't miss anything. And, <laughs> and there are these specific croquettes from Torres Vedras. But two years ago, something happened. I didn't got the explanation for that one. I think I have to keep walking to understand this one. I start cooking because I didn't even cook anything. And I used to say, doing art institute is super easy. But uh, really, to fry an egg, it would be very hard. I don't have the skills to do it. But now, apparently, I cook everything. My father doesn't even believe it. He asked my mom, did she really make that? <laughs> because I, I hear him whisper on Skype to my mom, did she really make it? So it, it's very funny. So now I'm actually now a good cook. So I can tell you what was my first memory of food uh, in two, two parts. First, because the first one that I really recall was in 2015. That's the first one. Let me put it this way. So it's not that long ago. It was uh, in, in a Portuguese restaurant. Can I say the name? Yes, absolutely. So Mini Var from Avila. The first time I went there, it was blind, mind-blowing. I loved it. And I still go every time I go to Portugal and I recommend everybody. Because you really have that. It's an experience. It's not just tasting food. And then, which are the, the my dearest uh, moments, is now when I go to Africa, to Mozambique especially. And it happened also in, in Mexico, but usually it happens in Africa. I think it's because their pans are very old. It tastes like my uh, the eggs that my uh, grandmother used to fry. Mm. And that's very emotional for me. Because I start, I, I, the first thing is the smell. And I keep saying to the people, ah, the first time I was in shock, I was like, it's, it smells like my, my grandmother's eggs. Yeah. And I said, do you think this is going to taste like my grandmother's eggs? I was, I was out of my mind. I even called my mom. And then the egg came and it tasted exactly like hers. Hmm. And my mom can't do it. And I don't know anyone that can do it. And she passed away already. So for me, it's very emotional. And now the other day, it was in Mexico that I ate... Um, it was like a uh, pastel, but with the carne asada inside. Uh, no. I don't know how to say. No. Like no. An empanada. Meat, maybe. It's an empanada. Yeah. It is. Yep. I have, yeah, it's an empanada, but it was a different empanada. But it was also the carne asada from my grandmother. Oh, and that wow. killed me. I ate that for five days in a row doing fast. That, uh, that's what I ate the entire day. It was that. Wow. But uh, that, uh, that's, uh, I, I'm so far away from food that I even have trouble sometimes uh, finding the words in English because I didn't need them before. So, so that's, that's my thing with food, but now I'm learning 
and I'm trying to eat healthy. Oh, okay. And eat since healthy. I'm eating healthy, I have three kilograms more. So I don't know if someone can explain me that. Feel free free to contact me. <laughs> I never thought about weight enough. And now I have three kilograms out of the blue. Maybe it's because I turned 40. That might help also. But anyway. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know Anna, and we both Angela and I do, she is a very petite woman. So there is there is no problem with her weight. Oh, well, let's put it out there right now. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no you're I'm beautiful. not saying there is a problem. I'm just saying that when I was not eating or eating uh, – fries and chocolates and all these things that I eat that people say you cannot eat this in the morning and I was doing all that there was nothing nothing stick to this to this body now there is a particular the healthy I think that's what I always say you cannot think about what you eat you just eat period because you want it if you stop thinking that there you go yeah it's a good point that's a good point yeah that's a good advice and and that's the best piece of advice I give in the entire program (laughs) And is there is there anything is there anything you won't eat any Portuguese dish you don't you won't touch? Oh yeah, I don't even know the name in English. Iscas, it's the liver oh, of the yeah. animals. Yeah, uh huh. And, and there's other stuff uh-huh. that comes with that, which uh, it's uh, I don't even know the name in Portuguese. Uh, I used to throw it behind the free uh, the, um, the oven of my mom because she would leave me on the table until I would finish eating, and then I would throw it to, uh, behind the oven and hope that she wouldn't find it. Thank God she found it one day. I was very sick. She said, there's a problem. There's leaves falling from the, from the, the chimney because there's these things behind the oven. And then, of course, I never lied. So I said, no, Mom, it was me. I put it there because remember that one time that you left me at the table for three hours until I, I finished eating? So I put it there. So that was it. But I always had tricks to to get to skip food. In kindergarten, I would put the napkin on my lap, and I would put the codfish. I would throw it to my lap to the napkin. Then I would wrap it, and then I would wait for recess so that I would give it to the dog of the neighbor. There was a dog next to the school. <laughs> so my entire life is me trying to escape the food. And I was like, at this point, I was three years old. That's my first memory. How not to eat the codfish? Oh. Then my father would do, would leave me also at the table, and I would go to the bathroom, hiding the food all over me, under the arms, and these things, to, to flush it through, through the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, those were my, that's how I started to envision uh, uh, these difficult paths. That what is the solution for this problem? That's when I started. It was food. Food was my first problem. Wow. I had better things to do than eat. So <laughs> it was very boring that I had to sit, sit there and wait. And then they they forcing me to eat. And I, I couldn't. It's just I couldn't. Wow. But I would stay wow. three, four hours sitting down at the table. Oh, yeah. Well, I see, I would, that. I would, I would too, Anna, but it wasn't because I wouldn't eat. It's because I just kept eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was never that my problem. <laughs> I just, oh, I man. couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, well, too much. Well, this was wonderful. This was a wonderful discussion. Thank you again, Anna, for taking the time to talk to Angela and I. Uh, I know we all know how busy you are yeah. and all that you're doing. And uh, we're very, no, proud. but this is also important. 
It's yeah. also important because yeah. we have to set the, we have to show our example so that inspire other people and that other people do better than we did. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And we we'll include the website for the Art Institute, um, both okay. in the show, like the show notes and our blog posts that we do, so that if people want to know about upcoming events, they can go to your website and sign up for your newsletter. Because it's important to su to support the events too. Because if you don't have an audience, yep. then <laughs> there's exactly that's no, what I no said. Events, the day that right? there's no more people coming, then I'm not doing anything. That's it. I, I, I don't need to continue because if there's not people to watch it, just to promote the artist, I can do it uh, in other, in different ways, not in this one. Sure. Yep. So. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. And so thanks. Uh, like, like Maria said, thank you so much, Anna. We will be in touch for sure. And we hope to see you at, a, at an event. Let Definitely let me know about California and what we can do out here. We have a, it's a big state. We've got a lot of things to do. So let's see. Yeah, yeah, I know. And if you need my help with anything, please let me know. I'm always here and I help everybody. Unless if it's for awesome. a good cause, I always help. Awesome. Well, I might be talking to you later privately. Okay, okay, yeah. Let me know. When, whatever you guys need, let me know. I'll be glad awesome. to help. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Okay, Anna. thank you. Have a great day. And thank you already. to that poor man that is still here in you. Yeah, Scott, Scott knows more about the Portuguese culture than he ever thought he ever would. <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't have nightmares after this. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Anna. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, thank you so much. Thank All you right. and happy new year again. Happy new year. Now, is she a force of nature or what? I, I love her energy. She's yes. like I could sit and listen to her. I mean, she could talk forever, but I could sit and listen to her forever. <laughs> Well, because, she does have the gift of gab, but I think we all do. In the, in yeah, this yeah, podcast, yeah. we all do. We all but do. You know what? For for those that don't know her, she is. Uh, you know, I'm short. I'm only five. What two on a good day? She's uh -huh. tinier, yeah. shorter than I am. Tiny little thing. She's and about half our size. Yeah, she yeah. is <laughs> just a dynamo. I love her message. I mean, yeah. and. You know, I wasn't saying a whole lot because like I agreed literally with like everything she was saying. And so yeah. I just kept saying, uh-huh, 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 you know, there was, there wasn't much interviewing back and forth because she was, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what needs to be fixed. This is what needs to be done. You know, let's go. She's like yeah. the little energizer bunny. I know. Anyway, I hope our listeners enjoyed it because uh, she's, she's energizing and, and awesome to talk to. So. And a and, true uh, proponent of manifesting. I mean, yeah, just putting out your, this is what I want to do. And then all of a sudden the right people, the right things, the right, everything falls into place. And that momentum, you know, and, uh -huh. and knowing to keep with that momentum and she's still on that momentum. And, uh, and I can see she's getting tired and ready to on, yeah. move on to something else, you know, yeah. to some other, uh, other greater thing. Yeah, well, and if anyone out there wants to get involved, you know, definitely let her know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, get in touch. So, like I said, we'll include the the website in the show notes and, and in our blog post. So, but with that, I think we need to wrap because I think we set a record uh, with this podcast in terms of length, for sure. <laughs> um, so, thank you. Yes, thank you, everybody, thank for sticking you, uh, with us. All right. Até a próxima, querida. Até a próxima. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. 
If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até a próxima!